Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to the Savage Rings Podcast. On today's episode, we discuss how many excuses can Adam come up with for not having more recordings out over the last few weeks. Number two, stolen trucks. Three, multiple states of travel. Four, brotherhood and tribe and how important it is. And five, ultimately, getting your shit together. We're going to talk about all those things. Let's get into it. Over the last four and a half, five weeks or so, I have been all over the country, all over the road. I drove from North Carolina to Missouri, Missouri to Montana, Montana to Colorado, Colorado to Texas, and then back to North Carolina again. Now, majority of that trip was spent providing business and leadership consulting to clients um, all sort of in, the, in Missouri, Montana, and in Colorado. There was a day of shooting and fighting involved, which was spectacular. There were two veteran nonprofits that I spoke at to help raise money and awareness for post-traumatic stress, traumatic brain injury, and how we can recover those, as well as for Gold Star families, both, both families that lost people in service in the military, as well as first responders. Um, and I have met some phenomenal people along the way. Let, let's talk about that first. So uh, Gold's, uh, Folds of Honor. Now, Folds of Honor is a nonprofit that was established by a guy, Colonel Rooney, and their sole focus is to set up, is to raise money to provide sponsorships to children who have lost family members uh, in service, both first responders and military personnel. Now, they say Gold Star Families, but in reality, we understand Gold Star Families are a reference to people that lose their lives in combat, but this is also, uh, this is also first responders. It was a spectacular, spectacular event. It was a phenomenal golfing competition followed by a phenomenal dinner and a spectacular, yes, I'm using that word again, fundraiser. And I had an opportunity to speak and I had an opportunity to tell, not only tell my story, but also bring awareness to the fact that, um, you know, the service of families and the service of family members, it gets overlooked. We always talk about the people that die or we always talk about the people that served, specifically the ones that signed their name on the dotted line. But the fact is, is that when that person volunteers, so does their family. And when those children lose their loved ones in the line of duty, those children lose a significant piece of influence and impact in their world. And that's what Folds of Honor does. Folds of Honor shows up in a way that a lot of times their own family can't financially. We were able to raise over $200,000 all told for that specific event. Um, and it was, it was a phenomenal event. Doug Campbell is a guy that runs that particular charter. Um, now, Folds of Honor works very similarly to, I would say, a special forces group. So you've got the, the, main, the main organization, Folds of Honor, and then there's charters throughout the country, and those charters operate and raise money for uh, the main organization, which is really, really phenomenal. <clears throat> and then uh, I left Denver, and I went to – now, there's a bunch of information missing. You're going to get the story here in a second. I left Denver, and I went to uh, Texas, and I spoke at an event there called the Defenders of Freedom. And that Defenders of Freedom is run by a lady named Donna Craston and uh, her husband. And, and their focus is the treatment of traumatic brain injury. 
Now, here's the thing. We talk about post-traumatic stress all the time. We, we talk about how post-traumatic stress causes all these significant issues. And, and you know, we, we talk about how guys are killing themselves, how veterans are killing themselves, 22 a day, 23 a day. And it's always a conversation around post-traumatic stress. We, we don't often talk about traumatic brain injury. And here's part of the problem. We can treat a dude for post-traumatic stress. We can help them overcome those uh, fight-or-flight responses to external stimuli and flashbacks and things, bad sleep and things along those lines. Right? But here's the problem. We can only go so far because what we're doing is we're adding a solution to a broken system. Traumatic brain injuries, they actually create faulty firing mechanisms or faulty firing synaptic pathways inside of the brain. And when we heal one part, with regards to post-traumatic stress, we're limited to the full extent of its application on the other side because we haven't treated the traumatic brain injury. And so herein lies one of the problems that we have when we're dealing with veterans and service members is that we're, we're constantly focusing on the emotional trauma aspect of things, but we're not fo focusing on the physiological trauma and recovery of things. And so that's what the Defenders of Freedom, that's what they do. They focus on treating traumatic brain injury in veterans in order for the brain to be rewired and function properly. Not only that, they also work hand in hand with another organization run by a good buddy of mine, Chris Dorward, down in Texas called Texas Valor Project. Now, TVP is based out of the Dallas area, and I believe it's September 29th. Stand by one second. September 29th. They're going to have a spectacular event. Spectacular. I like that word today. We're going to use it a lot. They're going to have a phenomenal event. That's another good one. They're going to have a, a, a righteous epic event. Oh, those are good ones, too. Down in Dallas, Texas, where they're going to be shooting. Um, they're going to be on a, a clay pigeon at a shooting club and they're going to run a shooting event for the day and then they're going to do a very similar thing dinner and fundraiser i'm going to speak at that event it's going to i think it's going to be a lot of fun if you're going to be down in the dallas texas area i highly recommend looking up texas valor project on the internet and seeing if you can't get tickets to come and participate and donate money to a phenomenal organization tvp raises money for the defenders of freedom and donates that money so that they can support veterans in getting treated from traumatic brain injury specifically I was lucky enough to meet another former Green Beret as well as a former 160th SOAR pilot at this event down in Texas. Two really, really good dudes, and they are just finishing up treatment and had a lot of, said they've had a lot of success with it. Also, myself and Chris, we are planning on going to treatment in December, which I think will help a lot because I've done a lot of personal, personal development, personal recovery, working on emotional intelligence, therapy, you name it, uh, meditation, journaling, you, you name it, the process of becoming better. And I'm inputting, I'm inputting fixes and repairs into a broken system because my brain still don't function right all the way. So we're going to work on that. Now, here's the story. My truck. Stolen trucks. My truck was stolen um, Monday, the Monday night after I spoke at the Folds of Honor. So I spoke at a nonprofit, and I brought my truck back, and I parked it on an external parking lot in an access-controlled, mechanically access-controlled parking space, parking area, at a hotel, in front of a principal entrance. And prior to parking, I went around and checked where all the cameras located. And I didn't see a camera specifically pointing at the location that I was at. I just assumed that it was well-hidden because I didn't see it. I did see cameras at other locations, but I didn't see camera there. Now, here's part of the problem. One, when I go and stay anywhere, I do threat assessments. I drive around the property. I look for where the cameras are, where the principal points of access, where's the access with regards to where my room is. I go through the whole nine yards. It just becomes a natural habit at this point. I want to know how I can get in, how I can get out quickly. I want to know where my vehicle is going to be. So if I need to get out and get out again, I can do that. 
And when I looked at the parking lot, the parking lot had pretty secure, physical secure access. So there was a gate that you had to use, you had to get a, a ticket to get in and get out of that cost money. Um, and, and if it was, uh, and then there was also like the door that it was parked in front of right there. Plus I wasn't close to any of the main roads. I was more on the inside of the parking area and there was lights literally just above my car. So if we look at all the things that I could do to make this happen, I did them. Now here's the next thing, all of my kit. And when I say kit, I mean, battle belt, firearms, mags, etc. I keep stored in the bed of the truck. Now, in the bed of the truck, I have a locked system that I can put my stuff in, and I lock it, and then I lock the doors. You can't see the locked system unless you walk up to my truck and look in the bed because it's, it's pretty well disguised. You can't fucking see it. So the only thing I can think of is that these shitheads that stole my truck, they saw an F-250, a newer model. Guys, if you're driving an F-150, an F-250, even an F-350, the newer models like 2018, 2019, Broncos are on this list as well, you are a target. Professional criminals around the country, especially in major cities like Denver that have had nearly 500,000 car thefts since January 1st of 2023, are targeting those vehicles because they are so easy to break into. Which leads me to a major disappointment because I love my truck and I love my Ford, but now I got to fucking trade it in. I got to get a different vehicle. And I can't do that right now because the theft... Savage Consulting, my company in general, we took about a $35,000 hit. Ammo, guns, battle belts, mags, they took luggage. I mean, you name it, they, they, they got everything. The only thing I was left with was my clothes, my cowboy boots. Thank God I didn't fucking take those. Um, and that, that's about the extent of it. They, they got everything else. And so what are the lessons learned? Lesson number one, don't keep all your shit in one place. So lesson number one was this. The lockbox I had was worked, and the security system I had worked, I thought, but it didn't. And so since it didn't, then I, like, I just needed to spread my equipment out over different locations. And the other piece, too, is, is that I had a false sense of security. I had a false sense of security because of where I was parked, the, the time I put into making certain that I was parked in the right place, the fact that I had my shit locked up, and, and, and knowing that I thought, knowing at the time that well, it's locked up and locked up, right? There's no way they're going to break into my car, pop the trunk, and then they're going to be able to pry open and break into this, this lock system. And they did. And so false insecurity gave me a bit of complacency, I guess, in a lot of ways. That's one. I'll own it, guys. I'll fucking own it all the way. Nobody's goddamn perfect. And these fucksticks took my shit. Pisses me right the fuck off. Two, the second lesson learned. No one is going to come and save you. I called the cops and reported it stolen. First thing in the morning when I went out to find my truck and it wasn't there, I called the cops and reported it stolen. After I called the cops and reported it stolen, I had to figure out a way to recover my truck because they weren't going to fucking do it. They told me that they were going to send an officer to the, the hotel to take a police report. Guess what, guys? The, the, I had already recovered my own truck by the time the officer showed up to the fucking hotel. So, trying to figure out how to gain access to my truck, figure out where it's located, I called the dealership that I bought it from. A good friend of mine owns a dealership. I called him and said, hey, do you guys happen to have a GPS system connected to the truck that's not connected to the nav system and they said we actually installed gps systems on our vehicles because we had thefts stand by one second let's see if we can reactivate it they reactivated it and literally literally within 45 seconds to a minute boom we knew the location of the truck so i called another friend he showed up picked me up and we rode out to go sit on the truck and recover the truck in route i called 911 and i said to 911 guys i know where my truck's located here's the address I'm telling you right now that I'm going to recover my truck. 
it would probably be very beneficial to have law enforcement on site so that if something happens, they can potentially mitigate it. Uh, but if someone comes at me or stops me from trying to recover my vehicle, I will defend myself with extreme prejudice. The 911 caller, the 911 dispatcher said, sir, you do realize that you're giving veiled threats on a recorded line. And my response was, hey, look here. First of all, stop being fucking woke. And second of all, this is not a threat. This is a promise. If someone attacks me or threatens me, I will defend myself with extreme prejudice. That's my truck. They stole it. Fuck them. And I hung up the phone. Hopefully, I can get my hands on that recording. It'd be pretty spectacular. So I got to the truck. I sat on it. Eventually, no, but nothing happened. They dumped the truck in a pretty nice neighborhood. I had the keys with me, obviously. So I unlocked the door, hopped in the truck, started the truck, started right up, drove it to a little parking lot about three minutes away, parked the truck, called the police, let them know the address so that I was located, and then waited and waited and, and waited about two and a half hours for law enforcement to finally show up. Now, I made the initial report at 7.40 in the morning. It was now... It was now, at this point, 13.02, Mountain Standard Time. 1.02 p.m., Mountain Standard Time, when Ellie finally showed up to take the report. And the guys that showed up were great guys. They were professional. They were, they were of concern. They wanted to hear what was going on. Um, they were good dudes. They were empathetic to the plight of what was going on. They understood that basically an entire vertical of my company had been stolen out of my vehicle. And they were concerned as much as I was. The fact of the matter is, guys, is that I teach law enforcement how to make it home at night. I teach them tactics. I teach them how to shoot. I teach them the warrior mentality and the warrior mindset. And I've been doing it since I got out of the military. I teach civilians the same thing. Not the same thing. Not the same tactics. I teach civilians how to shoot and fight, how to defend their homes. Here's the thing, man. I've dedicated my entire adult life into making certain that bad people don't get in the way of good people's living. And those motherfuckers took the tools that I used to do it with. I... I don't expect them to ever get recovered, but I do know that if they ever are recovered, it will be because they were used for nefarious deeds. And that makes me butt hurt. That really fucking gets to me. Really, really gets to me. A lot. Fuck. Here's the third lesson learned. Third lesson learned. Do your fucking due diligence on where you're traveling to. I didn't bother to look up what the theft rates were, vehicle theft rates were in the cities that I was traveling to um, because I'm a pretty situationally aware guy. One, two, it didn't even fucking cross my mind. I didn't even think about it, and I should have. I should have thought about it. I should have considered it. I should have thought about it. I should have taken it into consideration when I was parking the truck. should have taken it into consideration on when I was deciding what to take into the room and not take into the room with me. I didn't want to have to offload all my shit into a drag bag and drag all that shit up to the hotel room and then drag it all back down to the truck again the next day, etc. when I was coming and going all the time. Hindsight being 2020, should have done that. I definitively should have done it. At least then I would still have my fucking tools. And these motherfuckers wouldn't have shit that I know works really well on the street. That's, that's a big one too. So all sorts of lessons learned on this. I would say that ultimate takeaways... Ultimate takeaways is that no good deed goes unpunished. <laughs> I literally just got done speaking at a nonprofit helping raise money. We raised, I want to say right at $168,000 that, that night uh, before the total tally came in at 222 or 223 for the entire day. And, um, and then I parked my truck and went to bed and the next morning that fucking thing was gone. And so I, I would say that ultimately, you know, just do your due diligence, guys. Do your due diligence. 
know where you're going, know what the theft rates are, know what the primary targeted vehicles are, and then go one step further. Make sure that you park your vehicle, make sure that you you put your vehicle somewhere that's going to make it even harder for them to get at. I would say the fact of the matter is, guys, is that even if I had parked that truck right in front of the main entrance, like right in front of the main entrance, even if I had done that, I still think those dudes probably could have gotten into it. And they probably could have gotten into it with nobody knowing. They were fast. They were slick. They were very professional. They knew exactly what they were doing. They were in and out rather quickly. And and I put it in a black hole. We don't have any solid video camera footage of that truck being there uh, and then leaving. That's the problem. We, we actually have no footage of the truck leaving at all. So we don't rightly know what gate they exited out of at all, which is a fucking problem. That's also a problem for the hotel. You know, I don't think that I can charge a hotel with anything. I don't think I can sue them, though I'd love to. With that being said, um, you know, they, 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 I would say that most hotels need to take it upon themselves to recognize that they have a, a responsibility to their clients and their patrons to at least have cameras that point out into the parking lot for their own liability, for their own, their own cover their own ass liability considerations. So that, that's the, so literally that happened Monday night, Monday, Tuesday morning, I woke up and found that my truck was gone. And then spent all day Tuesday until about 2 o'clock getting things squared away with the cops, the whole nine yards. And then I power drove through the night to get to Missouri so that I could get the truck to the dealership in Missouri to have them do some work on it and get it fixed up because I trust them. And then I was in Missouri literally for that just 24-hour period. And then I left. Um, that was Tuesday night, Wednesday. And then Thursday morning about 3 o'clock or 4 o'clock in the morning I left to get down to Dallas so I could speak at the Defenders of Freedom nonprofit. Um, Thursday night and then Friday Friday I drove back to North Carolina got back Saturday so that literally that's been my last five weeks it has been five weeks especially this last week of some really hard shit guys really hard shit um, there's a time when you do business in your entrepreneurial career and pursuits that uh, you realize that <laughs> that you're good at what you do, but you not you may not be great at picking business partners to do it with. And so, I would simply put out there a word of caution, a word of warning. You can't grow big and replicate the model without people. You can't. And if you are in a business. And you're, you are putting the ability for you to generate revenue potentially in the hands of another person rather than your own. You might be setting yourself up for failure. Just a fair warning. Take it for what it is. Growing businesses and growing companies is hard. Entrepreneurship is a challenge. Generating revenue, especially when you see market trends shift and people hoard their cash, is also hard. But it gets even harder when you are doing business and dealing with people that don't necessarily have your best interest or the best interest of the deal in mind. That's my fair warning. That's all I'm going to say about it. If you have questions or you want to get in contact with me, shoot me an email, adam at savagefreedoms.com or info at savagefreedoms.com. I will be glad to answer any questions that you have uh, and fill you in. If you're looking for someone that can help you avoid the pitfalls of, of, of the entrepreneurial pitfalls that I have fallen into in my past uh, with regards to just not knowing what I didn't know and the growth pains that I've had. Again, send me an email direct. And finally, if you want some support assistance or service from somebody who knows how to build teams 
and help build people inside of those teams. Everybody wants to focus on the process, the sales process and the sales script and how do we put a process together in order for us to generate lead funnels, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We talk about all these potential revenue generators, but the one thing we don't talk about is human optimization. The fact is, is those fucking criminals knew exactly what they were doing. They had a system and it fucking worked. It was efficient, it was effective, and it was fucking lucrative. They found their target. They executed on getting the target. They got they exfilled the target. They took that shit with them. Then they looted the shit out of it. They dumped the vehicle. They wore gloves. They were gonna get caught. They had a system, guys. The fact is, is that if we look at the military, we look at criminals, and then we look at business, there's a shit ton of similarities. There was a sound system these guys executed on. They had a plan and a system, and they executed on I guarantee 100% that they didn't have a 100% solution. They didn't have a perfect plan. It's had one they wanted to execute. 80% solution will adjust with the variables as we go. They killed it. I mean, they literally killed it. In, in the, I have no doubt that it took them less than five minutes to take that truck. No question in my mind. The efficiency by which they acted, the lack of general damage throughout the entire truck, it was very targeted. They knew exactly what they were going for. They knew exactly how to bypass the nav system, exactly how to bypass the security system, exactly how to bypass the startup sequence so they didn't have to have the key fob. They knew it all, and they had the right tools for the job. That's a crucial piece. But why is it that when we talk about business and we talk about revenue and we want to go all of these things, all of these things, all of these things, the only time, all of these things ever, we never talk about human optimization. Finding the right people for the right positions, putting them in and not setting them up for failure, making certain that your people understand that the vision of the company and the mission of the company and their buy-in to the vision and mission of the company and understanding that they play a major role in the culture of that company is more important. If you give me someone who can't perform but has the heart to learn, I'd much rather take that over that person over someone who is a huge performer and doesn't have a heart for the culture of the company and is a cancer, is a shit talker and a problem, a problem maker. We always want to focus on sales and revenue and leads, but we don't want to focus on people because people are hard. People are our challenge. Yeah, dude, that's people bring drama. Yeah, they fucking do, man. They do, especially the wrong people. The wrong people bring drama. There's a reason why I decided to step into this world of utilizing psychoanalytics, non-clinical psychoanalytics. It's a, it's a personality survey. There's a shit ton of them on the market. There's a bunch, but the one that I use, the level of accuracy it has is spectacular, but more importantly, it's applicable once you understand the data. You, it's hard to teach 20 years of personal experience on reading people. It's hard to teach 20 years of situational awareness to somebody in two or three days. But you can teach people how to read metrics, read data. If you can read data, and then you uh, then you have the ability to translate that data into real life, real life observable information. So I can read the information on a graph, on a sheet, on a document, and then I can watch real life happen in front of me, and I can go, oh, that makes sense. The data overlaps the information. I see what's on the paper in front of me with the people, because the people that it makes perfect sense. And so now that's where we're at. And so I'll find myself at a decision crossroads. I'm going to put this out there for public consumption because I think it's important. I find myself at a decision crossroads. The fact of the matter is, is that this theft has set back Savage Consulting on the, um, on the shooting and fighting side quite, quite some time. It set us back quite a bit. Like I said, about a $35,000 loss. 
And on top of that, we're building new books of business and new lines of revenue through these other pursuits that we have, consulting pursuits, uh, business consulting, leadership development, and events, experience, experiential learning events. And so I have to put myself in a position, do I risk potential liquidity in any way, shape, or form, which isn't much, mind you, because we keep reinvesting the business on a regular basis, and resupply myself with kit so I can teach shooting and fighting, or do I double down into a different realm of a different realm of revenue generation, or do I take an, an entire step back completely, keep the company going, move the company forward, or look at the possibility of you know fractional COO or CEO work? So this, this is a very interesting conversation. It's a very interesting conversation for me because this is this is the process by which I think I start consuming all the possibilities or as many possibilities that I can I could potentially see or conceive. And I kind of put them in this big giant cluster in my mind. If you could picture like a little tiny ball, like a little tiny sphere in the center of all these lines and all these little lines go out to these different decisions, possible options that, that are out there. What does it look like? And then you start doing, then you start doing network analysis, right? This decision goes to this, this, then that goes to this, then that goes to this, and that goes to this. What's the target? What's the desired end state? Then this decision goes to that. This decision goes to that. This decision, what's the desired end state? What's the target? And so ultimately understanding what the target is, I'm, I have to calculate and produce a new plan based on this, this unforeseen variable that has just been injected into the life of the company and the life of myself. This is why I talk about the plan. You can't live the plan. You have to live the target. This is why I fucking talk about it. This is a perfect example. I'm literally living proof as to why if you are if you are married to the plan and not the target, then when variables like this show up, you don't have any possible way of conceptualizing a new direction to go to achieve the target. All you have is the plan that is now completely destroyed. Then what? Your plan's completely destroyed. Now what do you do? Well, that's the plan. It was supposed to work. I don't know why the plan doesn't work. It was supposed to work, but it was the plan. The plan's supposed to work, and the plan's not working, and I don't know what to do because now the plan. When the plan is not the point, the plan is simply a fucking vehicle, a mechanism to get you to the target. The better question is, what's the target? What's the target? What's the target? I know it. I see it. I own it. It's mine all the way through. Hold on to it deep inside of yourself and adjust the fucking plan. Now, understand, I am not just talking to you. This is I'm talking to me right now. In fact, when I get done doing this, I might do a daily fucking uh, a daily dick punch around this entire topic because this topic is so fresh and poignant in my mind right now. This is a big fucking deal. I know. If you're listening to this right now, you have had a personal experience in your life where you had targets that you definitively wanted to go after, and in the process of going after those targets, the plan got disrupted or destroyed, and you found yourself listless, floating with no direction, no wind, in the middle of an ocean of possibility, and not knowing which direction to go because your direction that you had was your plan and not the target. That's where shit has to change. Now, I didn't say that you couldn't feel sad or down or upset or depressed or any of the above. Felt all those things. I have literally felt all those things over the last week. I have been pissed off. I have been angry. I felt completely defeated. I felt fucking all of it. Plus, on top of that, let's add some autoimmune issues and some fucking drugs that I'm taking. Prednisone, which is really bad for you. Um, Prednisone is a harsh drug in general for your body, but it also doesn't do great things for your mind. And overcoming that. It's a fucking battle. It's a real battle. 
It's okay to be fucked up. It's not okay to stay in that place. It's not okay to live in a fucked up state 24-7. Do something to find clarity. Seek clarity somehow or another. Today has been a phenomenal day on the back end of the day. I was fucked up this morning in the process of trying to figure shit out. Still haven't been able to make a, a clear and, and, de- and decisive decision on plan, which direction to go, but the target hasn't changed. And then this evening, I got to fucking work. I recorded a podcast called Alien Age. Ladies and gentlemen, I am now an official co-host on a new podcast called Alien Age with my co-host Meredith Soro. Meredith has been a very successful podcaster in her history, and she and I could not be more different when it comes to our political spectrum. Meredith is as liberal as liberal as they come, and I am as conservative as conservative as they come. But the best part is this. The whole conversation and the whole podcast about fucking aliens. It's awesome. It's a great place for us to just talk. It's funny. We talk shit. We, th- we, we talk about local like conspiracy theories that we've heard, not necessarily believe, but we've heard. And it's, a go- it's good. It's fun. It's light. It's not serious at all. And it was another place for me to have a conversation, to get my mind off of the current process of overthinking what the plan's going to be. Then as soon as we get done with that podcast, guess what I started to do? Record this one. And in the process of recording this plan, I noticed that my mic... My fucking inbound audio wasn't working properly, and I had already done like 17 minutes of fucking recording. So I went back, I deleted that bitch, and I started over again. Why? Because of the target. Why did I recover my own truck? Because no one's going to come and fucking save me. I couldn't rely on the law enforcement to find my fucking vehicle. They were too busy with other shit. I had to figure out a way to do it myself. On top of that, I didn't want to get stuck with a rental vehicle. I didn't want to have to spend more money out of pocket to have a rental vehicle because we... we I just took a $35,000 loss. So I recovered the truck. Doesn't make me special. In reality, it makes me, I'm fucking grateful as shit that the dealership had a, a GPS unit on there. I recovered the truck. I made it to Dallas. I spoke to another nonprofit. I made it back to North Carolina and got to see my beautiful little daughter. Shit does not get easier, people. It doesn't. It's like working out. The more aware you become of things, it doesn't make it easier. It just makes it that you're aware. When you gain strength, it doesn't make lifting weights easier. It just makes your ability to lift heavier weights. I would no, let me phrase that. When you gain strength, you your lifting weights doesn't become easier. You just push yourself to lift heavier weights. Your body can process a higher amount of physical load and physical stress when i was when i could only back squat 315 pounds and i couldn't do more than that or 350 pounds and i couldn't do more than that i couldn't even fathom what 405 pounds looked like and when i could back squat 405 pounds and that was the weight that i was doing that was a challenge guess what 315 pounds was easy at that point 315 pounds was part of my warm-up to get to 405 and then when I got to 450, 405 became part of my warm-up to get to 450. And then when I got to 500, 450 became part of my warm-up to get to 500. Getting strong mentally, physically, doesn't mean shit becomes easier. It just means we have the ability to carry a heavier load. It means we have the stamina, physiological, psychological stamina to carry a heavier load for longer. That's it, guys. That's it. 
And when you listen to podcasts or you listen to social media posts or you watch these gurus that are out there constantly talking about how they have the secret fucking sauce or a magical pill, it's all horse shit. All of it. All of it's horse shit. We all have fucking self-doubt. We all have fear. We all have self-doubt. We all have worries and concerns. All of, all of us. The wealthiest man that I know personally, who's a very good friend of mine, he even has self-doubts and he even has fears. And I was there. I, I witnessed them. The fear that he hadn't created enough impact in the world yet. The fear that he hasn't done enough yet. The fear around when he got super sick with COVID and he almost, he, and he did almost die. And that his death would take away his ability to create impact in the world. It's a different piece of fear. It's a different weight that's carried. He solved problems in the other realms of his life. We, we are all doing the same thing. We're all actively working at solving problems in the different realms of our life in order for us to live a, I will say, more fulfilled. Fuck peaceful. Peaceful is bullshit. Just a more fulfilled life. Purposeful, directional, and fulfilled. That's it. I'm going to keep this short and sweet. Here's some takeaways. One, preparation requires more than just some security assessments. It also requires knowledge of things like how easy it is to break into your fucking vehicle. Another piece on this is don't store all your shit in one place. Spread it out. Make sure you have a backup plan. Pace. Primary alter contents in emergency. I failed to follow through with that with my weapon systems and my, my kit. Because when I travel, I just keep it with me. Lesson number three. Don't ever be married to the plan. Execute the plan until the plan becomes non-viable and then fucking change it. The plan is nothing more than a mechanism or vehicle to get you to your target. And if your plan breaks down or the wheels fall off, don't be married to the broken, the broken vehicle on the side of the road. Be married to getting to the fucking target. So if that means the vehicle breaks down, you get your happy ass out of that fucking vehicle and start walking down the goddamn road until you figure out how to build another one en route. Because the target is the thing we're married to, not the fucking vehicle. If that requires you to take two steps back so that you can get a strategic view of what's happening in front of you and then executing your next maneuver, so be it. But if you're married to the broken vehicle on the side of the road, scratching your head saying, I just don't understand why it didn't work, you're wasting fucking time getting to the target. Married to the target. Don't marry yourself to the plan. Ever. When you're driving down the road and you're going from point A to point B, what's the target? Get to point B. If your wheel, if your wheel gets flat, what do you do? You put a different wheel on the truck or the car. It's not the same wheel. It's a different wheel, which means you've changed the plan. If your car breaks down and you can't get to where you're going, what do you do? Drop it off and get a rental. Now you're in a completely different vehicle. If your plan was to go from A to A to B in an airplane and the plane doesn't take off and the plane gets canceled because of weather and you rent a fucking box truck so you can load you and your friends that want to play <laughs> that want to play polka in the wintertime because you left your son at home. There's a reference to home alone. Then you change the fucking plan. Here's the last thing. 
if your target and your plan does not bring you personal fulfillment, then why is it that you have that as a target? And why is it that you're executing with that plan? I don't want to be unfulfilled in my life. And I don't want my daughter to see an unfulfilled dad or a dad that's living outside of his purpose. And if I've got some decisions to make with regards to how to get to my target based on the fact that my plan has crumbled, what sort of decisions do you need to make? What sort of plans do you need to change? What sort of new vehicles do you have to create in order to get to your target? Marry the target, not the plan. This is the Savage Freedoms Podcast. Go fucking get it. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.